Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! Hey, what's going on, everyone? Steve Zakawani here. We're sitting here at Central Link Field right now, overlooking the team's training session. They're going through their paces, getting ready for the Cascadia rivalry game this weekend against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, it's a great sunny day here in Seattle. The team's looking sharp. Obviously still missing a few guys, but the guys who are out there um, definitely look ready to get back to winning ways, which is critical this weekend. We're going to preview that Vancouver Whitecaps game. But before we get into any of that, we do want to preview this game this weekend. And, you know, if we can be completely honest, the last several weeks have not gone to plan. This has not been the soundest team we expected to see especially after we watched that first four to five games. And I would say for sure the first four games, Cincinnati at home, Colorado at home, Chicago, you know, that, that three was some of the best football I've seen this club play ever. Probably the best, to be honest, just the, how dynamic they were. The front four, you know, Jordan Morris, Nico Rodero, Victor Rodriguez, Raul Ruiz Diaz, and then you... Add to that what Kelvin Leardam was going, scoring goals, getting into the attack. Um, Brad Smith on the other side, his understanding and combination with Victor Rodriguez was, I mean, like unlike anything I've seen really coming out of this club. And so that was very, very, very nice to watch. And if we can praise the team for that, then we can be a little bit critical with what's happened in recent weeks. Injuries, national team call-ups, all play a massive, massive part. We understand that. But the results have not been what you'd expect this team to get. You think about the defeat at Dallas, winnable game. The defeat at Montreal, definitely, definitely, definitely a winnable game. The defeat away to Kansas City, where it took 45 minutes to start playing. The nil-nil draw at Philly, where it didn't really look threatening or likely to score until the last 10 minutes or so. And then you go before that to see, okay, the team beat... Um, Orlando 2-1, but they didn't necessarily play well. So what's it going to take this weekend to get back to winning ways? Well, it depends which Vancouver Whitecaps show up. You know, you go back to the game, the sound is played up in BC, and I don't think we're going to see that of a, much of a defensive Vancouver like we saw. That day, Vancouver were petrified of what the Sounders had been doing, and they just kept it tight. Sat nine, ten players behind the ball at times and ask the Sounders, come and break us down, come and beat us. That's very tough to do. And it was a derby game, a rivalry game, and you are the home team. I'm not sure that I've seen that before. And it was such a massive compliment to the Sounders that a team was so afraid of how deadly the Sounders could be on attack, even away from home, that it was best for them to sit back, absorb pressure, and then hope to steal something in the last 10 minutes, which they almost did when Kim Kihi made an incredible block and the referee inexplicably gave a penalty which was overturned by VAR, thankfully. But I don't think we'll see that type of performance because Vancouver have improved since then and they do have 
some dangerous players, as we know. You know, they're coming off a couple of draws themselves, the Whitecaps. I don't think they're a team that is going to come to Central Link and dominate the game and ask a ton of questions. But they have been getting results. They're unbeaten in you know, five or six games at this point. Um, a, a few draws in there as well, to be honest. But they are scoring goals. They're a lot better than I thought they would be defensively. And then, you know, you add some of the attacking pieces they have. They definitely can come here and ask questions, especially when you consider that the Sounders will still be somewhat depleted. No Roman Torres, no Raul Ruiz Diaz, we know. No Nico Lodero, we know. Jovan Jones, question mark. He's just coming off national team duty. Jordi Delem, question mark. How, you know, ready will he be to play? He's, you know, he's been traveling and playing some high-level games there in the Gold Cup. So you don't know exactly who's going to be there. No Christian Rodin, no Jordan Morris, of course, as well. So it's not going to be anywhere near full-strength 11, and that right away evens things up. So Saturday night will be a very tough game for the Sounders, but to get back to winning ways, you're going to have to find a way to replace the goals. Rui Diaz, Will Burin, neither of them will be playing, and we'll get more into that on the three things to look out for, but you have to find a way to replace those goals because Will Burin is 10 goals, Raul is anywhere from 15 to 20. those two won't be on the pitch. Who gets the goals? Who plays up top? Do you call up a USL guy? Do you give one of the younger kids a chance? We'll see what Brian Schmetzer and his coaching staff decide to do. But that will be my one worry. Where are the goals going to come from? Someone's going to have to step up and give goals. And it could be a game because Vancouver do score. could be a game where you need two goals, maybe three, to ensure victory. So with that said, that would be my main worry of anything is the goal, where the goal's going to come from. And on the other end, you know, you have the Chad Marshall-shaped hole still that's there. Ariaga, is he ready to step in and fix that? Will he even play on the weekend? Okay, if not, then is it Campbell, Saad? None of them are Chad Marshall. So that's not ideal either. Roman Torres is gone, so it's Kim Kihi plus who at this point. So... The Whitecaps will be licking their lips and thinking they can get something out of that. So on both ends of the field, there's definitely, definitely question marks. And in the midfield, you've taken out Christian Rodan, one of the top players here. So it's going to be a tough afternoon from that perspective. And I still think the Sounders should be favourites at home, hungry, want to get back to winning ways, use the crowd to your advantage, all of the above. But the personnel doesn't really do the Sounders too many favours. And for that reason, I can see this being a very, very, very close game much more stay tuned winging it with Zachary This weekend, obviously, it's all about the legend, Chad Marshall, who unfortunately, you know, retired and won't see out the season and won't play again. And, you know, he's a player that, you know, my words can't do him justice. What Chad Marshall accomplished in this league with two different franchises is unmatched. You know, the, the top defender I've seen with my eyes um, in Major League Soccer. 
So we did get to sit down with Chad Marshall last year and we had a pretty good conversation. So we're gonna give you some sound bites from that, you know, and hope you enjoy and hope it helps you ease the pain a little bit of, you know, losing Chad Marshall for this season. All right, Chad, so you're closing in on about 400 career appearances. Does something like that, like, does it carry weight for you? Or are you the kind of guy that's only going to think about that maybe when you've retired? Uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think about it and look at the numbers as, as the years have gone on. Um, I kind of told myself I wanted to get to that 400 uh, games played. I was hoping 400 MLS regular season, so I'll see if, <laughs> see if I get to that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely keep track of it and something to, something to watch. How have you been able to stay so consistent? Because from, I mean, 2007, 2008 till now, if you watch yourself playing, it's pretty much the same player still. So how have you been able to stay at the top and be so consistent? I think I just don't try and do too much. My game's pretty simple. You know, win the ball and give it to the guys who, who are way better than me with it. Um, so it's just, it's just knowing what I'm good at, trying to stick to my strengths um, in the off time, working on weaknesses and trying to get better. But um, yeah, just trying, trying to always be a consistent player. You know, I put a, put a lot of pride in that. Um, so I'm happy I've been able to do that relatively. When you were drafted back in 2004, did you, were you like a goal setter? Did you think, you know, I want to accomplish this and have this accolade? Or were you kind of just a day by day guy as you went through your career? When I was younger, it was definitely just day by day, uh, just trying to make a name for yourself, trying, first of all, win a spot on a team, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, you'd beat around for a long time and play a lot of games, but it was definitely just day to day in the beginning. Do you have like a routine, or is there like anything you do in terms of recovery? Some guys, you know, love the ice bath, some guys don't. Like, what do you do that keeps you kind of, you know, you're not the young Chad Marshall anymore, but still, <laughs> still playing the way that you are? Um, I've definitely, as the years have gone on, done more and more uh, recovery-wise to, to come back from games, especially, you know, combating the turf here in, in Seattle is tough. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's super pumped to, to jump in an ice-cold tub, um, but it, it's something you got to do and, you know, get on the foam roller, uh, stretching after long flights. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge yoga guy, but, but, but stretching and taking care of your body because, yeah, it's, it's important, especially when you get these, these weeks, you get three games and all of them are on turf. Uh, it's, it's a battle for sure. You spent about 10 years in Columbus, you won an MLS Cup there. Uh, what do you remember about that and how was it different to the one you just won with Seattle? Uh, it was, I mean, it's both, both great feelings. I think it's two completely different teams. Columbus, we kind of, we started hot and kept it the, the whole way. You know, we won the Supporter Shield and, and carried that into the playoffs. Um, so it was kind of like an expectation the whole year where last year here was, it was pretty crazy. Um, I think everyone had kind of written us off you know, halfway through to, to go on that historic run. It's, they're both very special, but we went about it to two very different ways. And one of the rewards that came out of that for you was being called back into the national team. You went into January camp, first time since like 2010. Yeah. Uh, how was that experience? It was fun. Uh, it, it, was, it was a long time in between uh, appearances, uh, but it, it was fun to, to be back in. It was a great group of guys in camp. Um, you know, it's, it's a long time and you Guys who went in there didn't have much much time to recover from MLS season, especially the guys who went late in the playoffs. But but it was fun. It was a good group. Um, Bruce was great. The coaching staff was great. And it was it was fun to to get another cap um, after so much time. Um, so something something I'll cherish. When I think, and I think a lot of people think of like the top American center backs in recent years, your name's going to be up there. Do you in some way feel that you were overlooked when it came to the national team? You didn't get 
as many caps as you maybe someone of your quality should have probably got? Uh, I, I would have liked to have been a bigger part of the national team. Um, no doubt about it. That's something I'll look back on and, and regret that I, I didn't have a bigger part in that team. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of players that, that could say the same thing and who, who felt overlooked. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I was able to get some caps. You know, I think I got to 12 caps. So some, something to tell the grandkids. But, yeah, I definitely look back and, and, and be bummed I didn't have a bigger part in that team. Might be hard, but I'll try anyway. Who's, would you say, is probably the hardest forward you faced in your MLS career? Look, it's the guy that you knew you're playing in the next day and you're like, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, I mean, Steve Zakawani was never fun to, to stick up against. Uh, I don't miss uh, chasing you and uh, Sana around back in the day. That was, that was terrifying. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nowadays, I mean, I don't think anyone's too pumped to play against Toronto. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I slept really well the night before MLS Cup uh, thinking about those two. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good forwards in the league. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Steve Zakawani. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> On the pitch, a very dominating physical player. How away from the pitch, how would you kind of describe Chad Marshall, the person? I'm a homebody, uh, I'm a pretty pretty quiet guy. I mean, in my comfort zone around people that I'm I'm comfortable with, I'm I'm outgoing, and you know, I'm sure you've heard heard the stories. But uh, in kind of big group settings, I'm more quiet, more introverted. Uh, but yeah, once I get to know you, I'll, I'll open up more, and you'll probably see too much. When you look back on your career, uh, what's the one thing you're going to look back on and say, like, you know, I'm really glad I got to experience that moment? Uh, I mean, looking back right now, I'm very proud that I've gotten to one, two MLS Cups now, and both those MLS Cups were that club's first. Um, so I think that's something I always look back and, and be proud of to, to say you were part of the team that brought the first championship to, to that club. Uh, something that's special to me. Played with a lot of people. Do you have a favorite teammate? Uh, might lose some friends over this, but <laughs> I think my, my favorite teammate, I, I said it last year, obviously with, with it being his last year, but Zach Scott, I think um, he's just everything you want, a teammate, a friend, a leader, uh, just the way he carries himself. Uh, it, was, it was fun to watch and it was, you know, it was even funner to play alongside him. Um, so I, yeah, I'll definitely go with Zach Scott. I'm, I'm just glad you. I'm just glad you didn't say Brad. I'm just glad you didn't say Brad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad. Always a yeah. pleasure, man. Yeah. See you. Always. Referee is going to allow play to continue on the ace. Still on the ace. In on goal. What a save from Fry. It moved, and what a tackle that is from Kim. And the referee has pointed to the spot. That is exactly what video review was brought in for. 100%. To make it easier for the referee, and it has. And ultimately, it's it's the right decision that we've come out 100% the right decision. All right, welcome back. This is Winging It with Zakwani. I'm Steve Zakwani. We are here at CenturyLink Field previewing the match this weekend. Seattle Sounders taking on Vancouver Whitecaps. The Rave Green, desperate, desperate to get back to winning ways. And listen, it's not the Portland Timbers, I know, but still a rivalry game. You don't need too much motivation in those scenarios to get yourself back to winning ways. So I do expect to see a response. I do expect to see a performance. I do expect to see a team that's hungry and pushing and trying to get the win and kind of stop this slide 
the, the club's been on because you don't want to put that excellent start the team had to waste. For that to happen, here are the three things we should be looking out for. I touched on number one briefly at the top of the show, and that is the goals. Who is going to replace the goals of Will Bruin, who unfortunately has gone down with what's going to be a season-ending injury, and then Raul Ruiz who's not here, he's with his national team. Who's going to replace those goals? Goals change games is one of Brian Schmetzer's favorite statements from my years working with him, I remember. I'm sure he's still saying that in the changing room. Goals change games. Goals win games. Goal scorers get paid. The Sounders don't have an out-and-out goal scorer on the pitch right now. And then you take away Nico Ladero, one of your best creators, okay? And someone like Christian Rodan who can be among the goals and step up if and when needed. So there's a lot of pressure now on Victor Rodriguez, for example, and then whoever comes in to fill in, whether it's a younger USL, Tacoma Defiance player, an academy product, whoever it's going to be, is going to have a big, big responsibility this weekend to be in and amongst the goals for the Sounders. That's the number one thing the Sounders have got to figure out this weekend is where will the goals come from? Because I can see the white cap scoring. Absolutely. I can see the white cap scoring. So the Sounders are going to have to find a way to get two, maybe even three goals. We'll see. Time will tell. But that would be a concern of mine at this moment in time. Number two, the other end of the pitch, defensively. Okay, so Chad Marshall's retired. You know that now. You know you have to adjust to it. We understand that. But you take away his natural replacement, who would be Roman Torres, who's experienced, knows what it's about. Roman Torres can play next to Kim Kihi, no problem, no worries. Well, Roman Torres is with Panama. He's at the Gold Cup. They've advanced out of the group. He won't be here. Ariaga, who was with Ecuador, we're not sure. And his exact status, whether he'll be at the game or not. So now you're down to Kim Kihi plus who? Saad, Campbell, not Chad Marshall. Not anywhere near Chad Marshall level with all due respect to those guys, but if you're the Whitecaps, you'd prefer to face that kind of defense. So who's going to come in and step up and stop the goals leaking at the other end? Because, you know, you look, look at the, the games the Sounders have played and a couple of disappointing goals given up in Montreal. The goals in Dallas, those preventable. So Kansas City, you know, we spoke about Johnny Russell being the danger man and he goes and gets a hat-trick. So that's maybe the worry. Vancouver do have the players to hurt you. They're not one of the elite teams in MLS by any stretch of the imagination. They are not. They are not. But you give the players they have time, confidence, anything along those lines, and you could be in trouble. You could be in trouble. You give any players at this level time, confidence, and you have a bit of a weakened lineup from your usual strong, strong lineup, and you, you could absolutely be in trouble. So that would be a little bit of worry for me also defensively. And number three is how can the Sounders use being at home to their advantage? I'm not a big believer that just because you're playing at home, automatically you're going to turn up and be ready and show up. But I do think here at CenturyLink there's a special atmosphere when you walk out. Even you know, as, a, as a player, you're driving to the game and you kind of sense that you can see 
the fans already filling up around Pioneer Square. You know, you go in the, in, in, in the dressing room and the music's playing. You go through your routine, you're getting ready, and then you go out for the pitch for the warm-up in the game, and it gives you a lift. The fans give you a lift. You know, they sing and they stand and they applaud and, you know, they, they really do get behind you and give you a push. And in this kind of game, you need that. You know, you know, we talk about a lot, obviously, the Seahawks with the 12th man, and it's a similar idea to that. But that alone is not enough, but it can be a massive, massive push. You know, playing away from home can be tough for those reasons. But now you have this whole army behind you willing you on to victory. It can make a massive, massive, massive difference. And the Sounders have got to use that. The Seattle Sounders have got to absolutely use the, almost the intimidation factor that CenturyLink, you know, kind of has always had. Maybe it's lost a tiny bit for some teams, but when teams would come here, especially in the early days, they were intimidated playing here. They didn't think they could win here. We were such a good home team. And the Sounders this season, for all their troubles, have been a great home team. Yet to lose at home. Yet to lose at home. So with that said, can they make the home stadium, home pitch, home field advantage count? Can you make it make a difference? Those are the things I'd be looking out for this weekend. Seattle Sounders, Vancouver Whitecaps. This Saturday night, as always, you know, come down to the stadium, cheer on the boys, could those you do with your support. And if not, you know, you can tune in on the TV and watch it, but it should be a good one. I expect a very good game from both teams. Don't think the Whitecaps will sit back quite as much. You know, the Sounders, a little bit depleted, but sometimes when you play guys who are on the fringe or the edge of the roster, you know, not really the main players in the squad and they have a point to prove, they step up and perform a lot of times. So hopefully we see that this weekend. But regardless what happens, we'll be back at some point next week, hopefully, because there are two games next week, NYCFC and also the Columbus Crew. So on away from home, those games won't be easy. Very important to get three points and set yourself up correctly for that road trip this weekend. I'm Steve Zakwani. This has been Winging It with Zakwani. As always, thanks for listening. Go Sounders. And hopefully next time we're here, we are celebrating a three points, a good win and good performance against the Whitecaps this weekend.